The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus came to a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who sat down at the Lord's feet and listened to him speaking. Now Martha, who was distracted with all the serving, said, Lord, do you not care that my sister is leaving me to do the serving all by myself? Please tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha. He said, you worry and fret about so many things, and yet few are needed, indeed only one. It is Mary who has chosen the better part, and it is not to be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. So, Mary or Martha, which one are you? That's really not the question we're meant to be asking when we hear that Gospel. Girls and boys, you've heard that story before with Mary and Martha? It's a pivotal story. It's an important story. And I think when we hear it, we're tempted to put ourselves in one category. You know, oh, I really wish I was more like Mary. I wish I wasn't so stressed and whatever. Or um, I wish I was more like Martha. You know, I'm, I should be more proactive and responsible and whatnot. Well, you know, we can read it like that. And, and there's a certain layer there where that's helpful. But this is a different kind of story than the parables and things. Okay, it's not like the separating of the sheep and the goats or the parable of the two sons. These are real people. These are Jesus' friends and he's spending time in their house. So it's a different kind of story, really. And, and actually, I think we'll find that the point is there's a bit of Martha and Mary in all of us and Jesus actually loves both of them and Jesus wants both of them to be fruitfully happy in his presence. Just think for a moment about yourselves you know, it's, it's kind of a wonderful journey to get to know yourself. And I'm sure in our various lengths of life, um, we've gotten to know ourselves quite well. So we all have a personality. Uh, I know that on the Myers-Briggs test, I'm an ENFP, if that's a surprise to anyone. Extrovert, very, uh, you know, big, big imagination, sort of unbridled. Um, that's me, you know. Uh, and so straight away, there's gifts and there's limitations. Okay, and, and you have them as well. Uh, alongside the gift of the personality, there's other gifts that, that we have. You know, think of the gifts that you have that you employ daily, big ones and little ones, ones that are just on autopilot and they just seem to work you know, with, no, with no risk. You can trust them. And then others that you're a bit anxious about. Well, we've all got our gifts as well. We all have our perceptions. You know, there's certain things that you're able to see that I'll never see. And maybe on the flip side, there's things that I might observe that, that, that didn't necessarily catch your attention. Lastly, given our personality, our gifts, our unique perspective, we are all called uniquely by our God. We're called by name. He knows us. We say the good shepherd calls us sheep by name. They know his voice. Jesus calls us not just to be exactly as we are, but he calls us really beyond our capacity. He calls us to himself. And so my personality shouldn't make me say, I'm not ready for that. Like, I'm an introvert, I can't go there. Or I'm a this, I can't do that. No, if God's calling, then be stretched. Be stretched out of your comfort zone to use your gifts in, in a new vista of, um, of mission. 
I want to say this, you know, when we see Mary, we see, I think, that a beautiful example of when Jesus says to the little children, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as them. Do you remember him saying that? Because the children have this wonderful purity of gaze, like they know where to look. They're looking to their God. They're looking in this kind of un, undistracted, free, almost playful manner. And young friends, you have that advantage over the rest of us. You can, you can see life with a, with a purity and a freedom that maybe we've lost uh, as, as we get through life. Mary also had the gift of love and adoration. In this story, Mary's sitting and gazing at Jesus. And later on, after the passion, where is she? Well, she's outside the tomb, gazing still, looking for her Lord because she loves him and she knows he loves her. Lastly, Mary's got her perception, which is wonderful, but which is limited as well. You remember in that encounter, she didn't recognize Jesus. She thought the gardener, she said, if you know where he is, tell me where he is, I'll go get him. And Jesus said, Mary, and he, and he recognized her. Um, on the flip side, you've got Martha, right? And Martha has her gifts and her abilities and her, and her, um, unique, um, uh, her unique abilities. She had a personality, which was one of, I think, responsibility. Um, if we want to think that she was doing something wrong, just look at the first reading that was prefiguring that. She did exactly what Abraham did. Abraham sees God and then he gets to work, cooks this lavish meal to serve it up for him. Mary had, Martha had her gifts of service, of zeal, of duty. And I think in that reading we just heard from Colossians, you know, St. Paul is talking about imparting the gospel and raising up the people to the full maturity of Christ, the full maturity. Well, Martha has something of that maturity, I'd suggest, where she takes responsibility. Um, she might be stressed and anxious, but she, but she is trying to rise to something that she feels called to. So I guess the question for all of us is, how do I allow my Mary, my inner Mary and my inner Martha to come to the Lord, to be at peace, to hold him in my gaze, and then to busy myself with the work that he calls me to? Because he's calling each of us by name. He's calling us exactly as we are. He loves us. He's not actually reprimanding Martha, but in fact, he's calling her to himself to share in what Mary had the privilege of, of sharing in. Let's take a moment just to close our eyes and to bring all of our attention to where we are. We come gazing and there's one gazing at us as well. Our God is gazing at us, loving us. And after he feeds us on the, on the gift of his very self, he sends us out to be busy, busy with the Lord's work.